Horror at the Ohio returns. This October, Madison's premier horror festival is back for two days of terror, including year two of our International Film Fest featuring original short and feature-length horror films, a special showing of the hit classic Army of Darkness, Groovy, a nightmare on Main Street, a costume prom with bar and DJ, plus trivia, costume contests, and plenty more. So face your fears and join us October 20th and 21st at Madison, Indiana's historic Ohio Theater. Tickets on sale now. Find us on Facebook at Horror at the Ohio. Welcome back to the Horror You Know podcast. I'm Darren. I'm Ian. And we're missing a couple of guys. We're missing Torrance and that piece of crap. Trent? Trentus. You know, I was just getting ready to say, like, it's a little cold out here tonight, but not really as cold as when half of your podcast doesn't show up to something they said they'd come to. <laughs> That's cold. That, that is, is cold. cold. This is two years in a row we've done this. So yeah. let's tell them, go ahead and tell them what we're doing. Well, we've been talking about this since last year. We are currently in Shelbyville, Indiana at the Drive-In Massacre at the Shelbyville Drive-In. And it's always a good time here. There's lots of people here. And it's just uh, two nights of awesome films. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a dusk till dawn, old school drive-in experience with all classic horror films and a lot of really cool stuff going on. Um, They've got vendors, they've got some of the best food I've ever seen at a drive-in. The food here is amazing. You're kind of a, you're kind of a a regular Uh, now, right? Yeah, ever since you brought me here last year, I've come back here quite a bit. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. (laughs) Do you bring people or do you just come by yourself? Sometimes I bring people, sometimes I come solo. Hell yeah. And that's what I love about the driving because even if I come alone, like, I still get to enjoy a movie on the big screen and I can even be in my own space still, so. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's a a fun time. Yeah. Um, You even mentioned a while ago, while we were watching the first film, you said, uh, this is kind of like, you've seen The Thing before, but until you saw it on the big screen last year, it was like a totally different experience. Yeah, there's just something different about being at the drive-in and watching scary movies on the big screen here. I would agree. I, I mean, I'm a big proponent of the drive-in over theaters. You know, a lot of people like theaters, and I like theaters. They have a lot to offer. Yeah. I like your home theater. You know, it has a lot to offer and convenience and everything. But there's something about the drive-in that just, you know, speaks to my childhood. I grew up going to drive-ins in Seymour and Scottsburg and yeah. Clarksville. So it's 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 a really cool experience coming here. I vaguely remember the drive-in we used to have in Madison, Indiana. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, vaguely remember, so I don't really remember the experience, but I'm glad the drive-ins are making more of a comeback. Yeah, I am too. I think it's uh it's cool too that this guy that owns the uh it's the Skyline Drive-in in Shelbyville, Indiana, has this every year, and he's got some other things where he he does like drive-in insanity. 
and he brings like old school films and stuff to the masses. Yeah. Um, things that you know us as fans, we we just love to see that instead of just all new movies all the time. Drive cool Insanity is actually really cool too. They do that, I believe, the uh, first weekend of every month. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I came to one of those one night and. I wasn't actually planning on staying because they'll show two new movies and then they show two older, like, uh, drive-in specific type movies. Yeah. And I wasn't really planning on staying for all of them, but I did wind up staying that night because uh, the first one they showed that night was Joysticks. Have you seen that? I've seen it. <laughs> I've actually seen that. I had no idea what That's I was That's one of those 80, early 80s 80 sex comedies, yes. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've seen it. Like American Pie before American Pie yeah. was. yeah. But I was like, I'm just going to check this out a little bit and uh, see if I get into it. Yeah. Before I know it, the movie was over. And I yeah, was you just, loved it. Yeah, I loved hell it. Hell yeah, it hell yeah. Ridiculous, but I loved it. So that's what I like. Um, so we're going to, for this episode, uh, basically we're going to like do some little reviews and then maybe do some other things. But, you know, we're, we're starting with this first movie. This first movie is uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. 1954, I think it came out. Yep, 54. Um, so it and it was in 3D. What did you think of that? I did not enjoy the 3D. I took my glasses off probably about 15 minutes into it. Yeah, they have old school 3D glasses here, so they're cardboard, and one of the lenses is red, one of them's blue. Yeah, and I just found it difficult to keep them on my face. So I enjoyed the movie a lot better without them. It and, was fine without them. And I was looking it up. I was thinking, you know, maybe there was it was just filmed and then they like put it in 3d later but no this was actually filmed in three dimensions and oh. was originally projected by polarized light method which is what we use now but then in the 70s they changed it to the blue and red 3d as a gimmick i don't know why they didn't go back to the polarized light one you know what i'm talking about the gray looking lenses no I don't think I've ever you, had those. Yeah, you have. That's what the new 3D movies lenses are. They're not the really? blue, blue and red ones. It's oh, kind of yeah, like a yeah. grayish the real looking. Real D 3D glasses. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they actually used to have that technology back in the 50s. Oh wow. Not just this, and then they filmed it in that, and then they changed it to the red and blue, and it says here 1975. So. Wow, I am surprised that it was actually filmed for that because it didn't seem necessary. Nothing for looked the movie. like it was coming at the screen, hardly. Except ever. for that bat, that one bat. The bat, and then like <laughs> at the end, he was walking really slow yeah. towards the screen. So, this was directed by. Uh, where's the director? Let me see. Is this a Universal picture? This is Universal. This is after. I don't know if people know this. This is a little horror, you know. Universal actually was a small studio back in the 1920s and 30s. And they all almost went under. They were losing a lot of money, just hemorrhaging money. They almost went under. And what saved them was the original Dracula in 1930s. And then they did Frankenstein right after that. And then they did The Wolfman. So those are considered the original Universal Monsters that saved the studio. And then with that success, they did like this. This is like 20 years later. It's more updated with better techniques. But, yeah, this was Universal. Oh, wow. See, I didn't know that. So... Because I was going to say, out of all the old, like, uh, Universal Monster movies, I feel this one was, like, really well shot. Yeah. And this is my first time actually watching The Creature from the Black Lagoon. I've always known about it. I know the creature. But this is my first time actually watching it, and I thought it was actually really good. Like, uh, for what I assume was a guy swimming around in a suit underwater. Yes. It looked damn good. Yeah. 
And it, you know, the plot's pretty simple, but it, they bring a lot of like historical, you know, archaeological jargon in with the different, you know, uh, different professors and scientists and then the random love interest. And then they start fighting. And it did remind me, we were talking about during the movie, it reminded me a lot of Jaws. Yep. And they had like, you know, like a really smart guy that wanted to save the creature and study him. And then they had the really grizzled guy that wanted to shoot the creature and kill it and and then the pretty girl is just there for looks, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But she doesn't care about anything that's yeah. going on around her. And she looked pretty good in a one-piece. Oh, my God. That, those old-school bikinis, I told you before I even saw it, I love those things. Oh, yeah, for and sure. she was wearing it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. She definitely wore it. <laughs> and uh, so one thing about it, there was two different people that played the uh, creature. Let me see if I can find their names. One was uh, named Ben... Hang on. I wonder why there was two different people that played the creature. Well, I'll tell you. I got an answer for that, too. Okay. Ben Chapman. Ben Chapman played the creature while he was out of water. So any scene that was out of water, they taped in the studio inside a soundstage. And it was a darker creature. So they had two to three different suits. And he was a darker creature, so it would show up better on film, look scarier, blah, blah, blah. He had trouble seeing out of it, and you saw at the end, like, there's a scene where he's carrying her into the cave, and he actually couldn't see out of the eyes very well, and he would bump her head on the side of the wall. So that built. is unfortunate. But uh, the other guy's <laughs> name was Rico Browning, and what's cool about this is he was, they made the suit kind of lighter, so it wasn't as detailed, and it would stick to his skin better, but it's still like 50 or 60 pounds, they said. So, so he re- had to swim in that shit, because it was so heavy because of water. And they would not allow him to use, the original director wouldn't allow him to use um, air tanks. Wow. Because he wanted it not, it, he wanted to more, look more like a fish. So fish obviously don't breathe air bubbles. Right. And so he had him hold his breath up to four minutes what? on film at a time. Wow. So See, you saw how fast he was swimming. So he had yeah. to do two to four minute sections that went those swimming scenes oh my god that's crazy yeah dude. see i just assumed that he was probably hooked up to some kind of scuba gear under there no you could tell it was breath. practically just a guy under there swimming yeah and they made some like like there's actually i don't know if you know this there's like a couple of like part two and threes to this like it goes on no i didn't um, know so he actually survives at the end and goes on to other movies but uh, in those successive movies, they actually gave him air tanks, so you can see bubbles and stuff. But this original one, no air tanks whatsoever. Wow, I, that actor did a really good job. I think so. That's amazing. 1954, they did it. Uh, what else we got? Uh, another thing, the studio after they did the three movies in a row, they threw away the suits. In the trash, just like they always did back then. Wow. And a uh, janitor found them in the trash and pulled them out and gave them to his son as a gift for, like, Halloween costumes. Yeah. And the kid kept them for a couple years. And then Forrest Ackerman, who's the guy that started Famous Monsters of Filmland uh, magazine and is also, like, a historian and a director of horror films. Okay. He is has at one time had the biggest collection of horror, actual true horror memorabilia in the world until he died. He bought those off that guy, that kid, at a yard sale there in Hollywood. I wonder For how cheap. much. It was cheap. For cheap. Yeah. Now, when it sold... On auction after the guy died, when it sold, it sold for 
millions. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's crazy. Whoever has those suits now, uh, I'm a little jealous. For sure. Yeah. So uh, that was the first movie. We're going to do a quick review, or we did a quick review of it, kind of like talking about it. What do you What do you think about it? If you're going to give it a star rating for an old time movie. Well, we going out of ten. Yep. Same as always. Yeah. Okay. I got to be honest. I want to give it like a. I'm gonna give it a good seven. I would yeah. agree. I think uh, plot wise, I think I like like Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein better plot yeah. wise. Yeah. But as far as filming and just the cool kind of technical aspect of it, I'd give it probably a seven. Yeah. For seven. a movie filmed in 1954, it is really good. If you haven't seen it, I recommend checking it out. Um, it might be one of my favorite new Universal monster flicks now it's that cool. I've seen it. Cool. Here at the drive-in. Now, if you guys don't know, we are like taping this live, freezing our asses off. It's got a wind gust, and it's probably about what? 50 degrees right now at least yeah it's as cold <laughs> as it was last year we're Maybe bundled up then we haven't even we are bundled up better but yeah it's pretty cold we're gonna we're gonna sign off here real quick and we'll give you another review here in a second you know with the magic of editing it's gonna be like literally a second but we're gonna watch another movie real quick yeah i think up next is the poltergeist poltergeist all right well we've already done a episode on that but we'll talk about it again yeah all right see it all right, we are back live at the Skyline Drive-In Theater in Shelbyville, Indiana during their Drive-In Massacre weekend. Uh, we just watched film number two, which is Poltergeist by Toby Hooper. What do you think of it? Well, kiss my ass. That's number two. Number two. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Poltergeist, man, what can you say? Another classic. We I covered mean, this, uh, what, about a year ago on the podcast? A little over, or right around, probably. is uh episode number nine. So if you guys want to hear the entire deep dive into that movie, you need to go back to episode nine. I recommend it if you haven't heard it yet, if you're new listeners, because that was probably my favorite that I've ever done. Yeah, and now that we've sit here and watched this again and talked about it a little bit, I myself feel like I need to go back and listen to the episode once again because... There's some stuff we talked about I don't remember. Yeah. Need a little refresher I mean, on that. I mean, from the uh, from the inside scoop of Toby Hooper directing this, not too long after he directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, you know, less than five, six years later, and then using dead bodies like actual skeletons for the ending scene in the pool to... Yeah, which the, is my favorite part of the movie is at the end when all the dead bodies are rising up. Yeah. Creepy. I mean, it looks Still fucking to this scary. Day. I mean, that's one of the coolest movies I remember in the 80s. I, I was talking to you while the movie was going on. I used to I used to have cable. My dad was, uh, we were we were the rich kids on the block. We had cable. Yeah. <laughs> and we had some HBO. And, uh, you still got to be a rich kid to have cable. I know, right? Definitely now. <laughs> but we had, uh, we had cable. And I used to, anytime this was on during the month, I would watch it. I would look for Poltergeist. And I would, you know, like either record it or i would fucking watch it live oh, yeah. i love this movie i remember the very first time i watched poltergeist as a kid i don't even remember how old i was but i know i was old enough where i wasn't supposed to be up watching poltergeist yeah but i snuck up to watch it anyways because that's what i do i'd sneak up and watch stuff that would traumatize me yeah yeah this is a this is a cool movie so i don't really have much of a review here just because we've done this movie before mm -hmm. uh, but it's cool to see it on the big screen 
and definitely cool to see like uh, all the little glitches and everything in the film because this looks like an older stock movie. So, but anyway, yeah, go back and listen to episode nine. Shout out to the what's the little woman's name? Do you do you remember? Carol Ann. Is that her name? In the movie? Yeah. Yeah, Carol Ann. Well, is that her? Is that the actress's name? Though? No, I can't remember her name. Jen, oh. uh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't well, remember. Anyways, it. the woman who plays Carol Heather Ann. Heather Donahue. I think no, that's not right. Heather something. Either way, she's been uh, scaring the hell out of me since the 90s when I first saw her on Are You Afraid of the Dark as a little gypsy woman. Oh, you're, t- you're talking about the little little person one. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, the little you medium said, or whatever. I thought you were talking about the little girl, Caroline. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the little creepy medium woman. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, she's gotcha. been scaring the shit out of me since the 90s, and she's still doing it today. Did you tell that story on the episode 9? You probably I did. did. Yeah, so <laughs> go back still, and check that out. She's scaring you. Yeah, she's still, still scaring you to death. All I got to do is hear her voice. Yeah. Well, we will uh, cut out here, and we will go to movie number three. We're still waiting on food. Yeah. We ordered food a while back, and it's taking them a while because they're way overwhelmed right now, I think, in their food service. <laughs> yeah. They have great food, though. I will give them that. girls back there look stressed. But they're, they're like an hour out from the order. Yeah. So it's like it's like waiting at the fine five-star dining, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> We had a guy that was at least 20 orders ahead of us, and he was like, I've already been waiting an hour. Yeah. So oh, gosh. Like, oh, let's just go sit down and uh, finish Poltergeist. Yeah, which is what we did. Yeah. So we'll see you after the next movie. All right, this is Darren and uh, the drive-in again from the Where You Know podcast. I'm here with Ian Wells, and we just got done watching feature number three on night number one. What That's was right. it? It was Friday the 13th, Chapter 4. The final chapter that's not actually the final chapter. <laughs> yeah. Not even close. <laughs> we thought he died, but he did not. Uh-uh. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. He comes back. And I think you, uh, we we had we finally got our food, like after two movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, got I actually the, wish they were showing uh, part five, to be honest with you, because like I told you earlier, that's like uh, from watching the marathons when I was a kid on USA Network, that's the one that always stood out the most to me. That's that's one of your favorites. Yeah, yeah. That that's the one that did not have. It was the one of two that did not have Jason as the killer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this one I like this one a lot. It had a good appearance by uh, James Thompson. Shout out to my buddy James, his favorite dude, uh, the guy from Back to the Future. What's his name? Oh, uh, Crispin Glover. Yeah, you, I was gonna say you said it earlier. I don't yeah, that. Crispin Glover's in this one, and he's a apparently not a lame fuck. <laughs> yeah, you said this. That was this was or dead fuck, Back to dead the fuck. Future, right? Yeah, it's right before I think Back to the Future came out. And this uh, this is like a year before maybe, but yeah. obviously that put him on the map. This had some really, really gory creative kills in this one, though, I have to say. Well, that it did. And when will these teenagers learn? In a Friday the 13th movie, you don't have sex. That's the one thing you don't don't do. They don't learn anything. No. (laughs) At this point, though, I feel like Jason's just kind of pissed because he can't get any. Yeah, that's what it is. Maybe his dick's all shriveled up from being in that (laughs) lake for so long. (laughs) Oh, yep. He's, uh, what do you call it? Impotent? Yeah, impotent. <laughs> okay.
I didn't know what you were looking for there. I almost wanted to say incompetent. <laughs> He's pretty incompetent too. Yeah, I've heard it both ways. So, uh, what was your uh, what was oh, your favorite kill in that movie? I wish they were showing that. They're going to show the trailer apparently. Yeah, looks like it. Now, what was your question? What was your favorite uh, kill in this movie? Oh, I'm gonna have to. Probably the banana chick on the side of the road. That was random. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I think the most brutal one. Symbolism. Was the one where he spear, used the uh, spear fishing tool and shot that guy right in the crotch and lifted him up from it. Oh. That was pretty brutal. Yeah. Were you asleep during that? Uh, was it at the very end? I don't think so. The uh, shower scene also was really good. Yeah, the crunch when he like crunches his face yeah. into the wall. Poor dude. He was in heaven, and then next thing you know, it turned Oh, out. yeah. That'd be a good way to go, though. You get laid right before you die. Did he get laid yet? I think I, they just took a shower together. He I don't know. He was supposed to get laid when, she, when he went to the bottom bunk. Maybe he got a hand job. He never made it to the bunk. <laughs> he did not. No, nah, he didn't get a hand job even in there because... That chick put on her towel before she got out of the shower. That's how you know. Oh, okay. Nobody does that. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Like, uh, why the shower's still running and I'm still standing <laughs> in here? Let me just grab my towel and put it on before I step out. He starts singing some random-ass song about some other chick. It was weird. Yeah. I don't know. All right, so I'd probably give it, what would you give that star rating? Out of 10. Uh-huh. For a Friday the 13th movie. Let me give it a 7.5. I'd probably be right there, right there around yeah. a 7 to a 7.5. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I'd get, I would go, I don't know, obviously I like Poltergeist, the movie we saw this previous movie. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it a lot better, so I went in the 8s probably. I don't even know what we gave it back in the uh, episode 9. Check that one out. But I probably went around 8 to 9 on that one. This one I'll give about a 7. Yeah, this is definitely one of the better Friday the 13th installments. It is good. I'm, if I was going to rank them, just the ones I like, I would go two, three, four, one, and then probably five or six. I don't know. I know you like five a lot. Yeah. I just didn't like it. The reason I didn't like five is because as much was because he wasn't the killer. Also, uh... Unpopular opinion, but I actually love the, uh, I think it was 2009 remake. Yeah, 2009 or 10, somewhere in there. Yeah, with uh, Jared Padalecki in it. I thought it was really yeah. good. I thought it was cool that uh, we had that, and then we had the uh, My Bloody Valentine remake with the uh, superstitious, yeah. Superstition Brothers. Yeah, if only the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake could have been right up there with them. <laughs> hey, I went back and watched that again. It's not that bad. Really? It is a horrible makeup job. Yeah. I think that's what made everybody pissed. The makeup job looks so bad. Maybe I should go back and try it again because I, really I only the, watched it the one time in theater when it first came out. I, I didn't think the plot or anything was that bad. The kills were pretty interesting. Yeah. It's just it was such a bad makeup job. It was stupid. Yeah, and then maybe it's also one of those things where you have to just get past and accept the fact that it's not Robert Englund. True. True. It's really hard to, I don't know, it's just really hard to get away from Robert England in that role. Yeah, it is. He was so iconic and then funny and 
scary and I don't know. Yeah, some people just own uh, roles so much that it makes it harder for other actors who try to follow in their footsteps, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all we have for this section. Um, we're probably not going to do another one tonight, right? Uh, Probably not. I, I might fall asleep. I ain't going to lie to you. Yeah. I've seen this next movie. It is uh, scared Jess- Let's Scare Jessica to Death. If you haven't seen it, I think it's actually on Tubi. Mm-hmm. It's on Tubi and Paramount Plus. Yeah, so you can watch it there. And then uh, the last one, what's that called? Uh, Giant Spider Invasion. Giant Spider Invasion. It sounds like a very 1950s yeah. type giant ant type it movie. Sounds like a end of the night, four o'clock in the morning. They're expecting everybody yeah. to probably fall asleep during it movie. But we've had a good time this first night. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow. I'm going to come back. Actually, Nora's coming with me, and I think you're going to show up late, right? Yeah, awesome. So I will be here. It's good that somebody wants to come out here and join us. Yeah, she said she would, so she'll probably fall asleep after the first feature, but that's all right. Yeah. Next, we just got to get her on an episode. Yeah. We want to hear your thoughts, Nora. <laughs> yeah, or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you boys are missing out. I know Trent and Ian are probably listening to this right now. They're missing yeah. out. They Whatever are they're doing, out. I'm sure it's not as fun. Yep. Probably sleeping it's by now, I'm sure. Probably disappointing. All right, we will see you tomorrow night, which is in about five seconds. Yep. <laughs> All right, this is Darren Means from the Horror You Know podcast and Horror at the Ohio. I'm with... Joe Rogers. Joe Rogers, what do you do here, Joe? Uh, I have provided the print for Hello Mary Lou Prom Night 2. Okay, so yeah. you're, are you a distributor? Or uh, s- no, I am just a huge Mary Lou fan. Okay. And okay. Uh, I have an obsessively, lar- obsessively large collection oh, of how, Mary Lou memorabilia. How, how obsessive is that? It's pretty obsessive. Like, it, it's culminating in this. Like, okay. This is my personal okay. 35 millimeter print that we're okay. about to watch. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I, I saw you here last year, I think. Yeah. Correct? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, how long have you been going to this festival? This uh, uh, Drive-In Massacre? Probably like three or four years. Three or four years yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. I, uh, I sell stuff. I sell movie posters. And we go all over the country selling movie posters and other memorabilia. Okay. Um, but I don't usually do outdoor ones. Okay. So, a lot of times when I come here, I help out with the Severn booth. Gotcha. And we gotcha. sell... So, so you probably hit up like uh, Whorehound, Frightmare, oh, yeah. all yep. those, you know, around the country. Yep, yep. Um, you've been doing that for a long time. Is that your main job? Uh, it's a side gig, side but gig. Um, we retired my wife a few years ago. Okay. So I work a regular full-time job, and then yeah, this as well. All right. All right, this is Darren once again with the Horror You Know podcast and the Horror at the Ohio Film Festival. I am here with... Uh, Michael Norton. Uh, Gary Norton. Uh, Nick Chris. The Midnight Zealots. Okay, Midnight Zealots. I like that. Um, so you guys took part in the uh, trailer um, stuff. So can you kind of describe that experience and how you got into that? Yeah, we uh, made a fake 50s trailer called The Great Beyond. Um, it was pretty cool. We made a fake uh, cockpit. Uh, we made a movie about an astronaut who gets us stranded on a planet and encounters some aliens. It was fun. Um took us probably like two weeks probably would have been sooner but we all got sick during the whole thing so covid cold covid hit you uh, yeah 
You guys from, uh, he said he's from this area. Are you guys from this area as well? Yes, yeah, yeah. We're from uh, Edinburgh, which Edinburgh is about yeah, 20 miles. The Lancers, home of the Lancers, <laughs> yeah, right? Indeed, indeed. Um, so uh, have you guys been going to this quite often, uh, every year? Yeah, this is our first one. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've Wait. been to Skyline several times, yeah. you know, to see other films, but uh, first time to the, you know, Drive a Massacre or any of the camping events. So you really enjoy uh, the atmosphere so far? Was you here last night? No, I didn't make it last night. I had to work. I think we all had to work. But, uh, yeah, no, it's been great so far. Yeah, really fun. Yeah, it's a really fun time. I've been about four years in a row now, but uh, I've never made a trailer like you guys did. That's pretty exciting? Yeah, absolutely. How did you hear about it? Um, Actually, uh, I think I just saw an ad, like uh, maybe Facebook, maybe? Okay. Instagram, Facebook, something like that? I think we were just like sitting around watching movies and you're like, hey, here's this competition and we're kind of like, yeah. like we always do, we'll do something. But we actually did it this time. So Nice. <laughs> that's, that's the way me and my friends have always done everything we've done in our lives. Yeah. Let's, let's see if we can fucking do that, right? <laughs> um, so uh, you guys are horror fans or are you just oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, big time? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Long time horror fans. Uh, first time massacre fans, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. I actually. Well, uh, musicians. So musicians? It's, it's kind of that's like. Are sort of our first thing. You guys playing a music. band? So, yeah, yeah. He, he and I play in a band, and this guy loves music. He, he likes to watch us play in a band. Gotcha. <laughs> so is that your guys' main kind of gig, or yeah, is that yeah, just a side gig? Okay. Uh, he's uh, my brother here, Gary. He uh, he directs. I do the sound. Uh, so you did the and, soundtrack and all that stuff? Soundtrack so? and, yeah. the, and the, the voiceover. And uh, Nick is our lead band. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, yeah, yeah, I just, I just, uh, he's yeah, the face, I just, I just, he's uh, the face. Yeah, I just made the, uh, yeah. He looks like a handsome hobo today. So who wrote the, uh, wrote the short script for it? And it was actually all three of us. Just kind of it sitting around spitballing? It was a story Michael wrote, but then Nick and I kind of expanded on it and, and messed with it a little bit. And you guys got top three first time out. You guys going to do this again? Uh, yeah, we actually we didn't get top three. Oh, I thought you did. <laughs> no, no, no. We should have. But we did not. I really thought you did because it, maybe it's because I was sitting closer to you guys, like you yeah, said. That's, that's I thought the loudness was like yeah. up there. Well, I we I appreciate didn't. it. Yeah, I was a dying balloon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I, my car horns broke right now, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I the air horns. Yeah. Are you guys going to do this again, you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah. So I have a, a festival coming up in two weeks. In Madison, Indiana, you know where that's at? Yeah, yeah, I love Madison. Classic uh, theater there called the Ohio Theater. You guys ought to check it out. It's on Facebook. It's called Horror at the Ohio. Okay. And we're gonna have like, uh, I think Army of Darkness is our first first uh, there in, on the screen, and then it's an international film festival. So it's shorts. I was telling him it's shorts and feature length films from across the world. Uh, we'll have about 40 of them, and then we're having a zombie pr- or a costume prom. Uh, called Nightmare on Main Street on Saturday night. So you guys ought to check that out. But if you guys make something in the future, try to get it in. Yeah, I definitely would absolutely. welcome it. You guys did some cool stuff. So. Uh, well, you should think about making one, man. It's a, yeah, it's a lot it's of fun. fun. Well, I've actually made a movie. Oh, oh, wow. I did a feature length one time about eight years ago. And we just, uh, the reason it's not out is because we had some distri- distribution problems. But yeah, it was, it was fun to make. So yeah, I'll probably do something like this maybe next year. All right. Do you guys uh, enjoy your weekend? I'm glad to have you on here. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right. I'm back with the uh, Horror You Know uh, podcast. This is Darren. Um, I'm talking about the last few movies, Let's Scare Jessica to Death and Giant Spider Invasion. 
I'll be honest with you, after Friday the 13th, the final chapter, which is probably in my top three Friday the 13th movies, um, I kind of fell asleep because it was Let's Scare Jessica to Death and Giant Spider Invasion. And I'd already seen Let's Scare Jessica to Death, and it was horrible. Uh, well, was not a huge fan of it. It had that 70s atmosphere um, a little bit, but it just didn't scare me to death. And Giant Spider Invasion just sounds like a 1950s atomic giant insect movie. Um, I'm not into those, so I didn't stay up to watch it. I fell asleep. Uh, Wells stayed up to watch Let's Scare Jessica to Death, but he didn't stay around to give the review. He dipped out about, I would say, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I just slept till 6 in my car and then woke up and drove home. Saturday... Uh, we had an interview with Bruce Pittman, or I did. He is the director of Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, and you will hear that interview now. All right, this is Darren from Horror You Know Podcast. I'm sitting here with the director of Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, Bruce Pittman. Hello, Mr. Pittman. How are you doing? All right. Uh, I'm doing really good. Uh, I see you're uh, they said this is one of the first pl times you've been to America to promote the film. Is that correct? Uh, no, I've, I've, I've been to the States many, many times. Crisscrossed it, driven every part of it, uh, done films here over the years. So, yeah, no, I'm very familiar with America. My first time here in Shelbyville, though. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I was wanting to uh, ask about Hello, Mary Lou. Um, how did you get involved with this film and kind of... Uh, what was the uh, process, I guess, going through uh, Canada? You're from Canada, correct? Toronto, yeah. Uh, basically, a company, Simcom, in Toronto in 1986, uh, they had done Prom Night, which was very successful, made a lot of money, and they had other investors, and they thought, well, we'll do three films on the guests that, like, you know, spread the risk. And they sent me three scripts, and I read them. And my feeling is the most important thing for a director doing a film is the script, the script, and the script. And this script by Ron Oliver was by far and away of the three the best script. Uh, and I don't, I didn't care whether it was horror. They were surprised that I wanted to do a horror film. But no, I said this script has great qualities of. Uh, the horror aspect, it had a black sense of humor, which appealed to me. I thought we could really do something with this one visually as well. And uh, yeah, so uh, we went ahead, uh, they hired me to do that one. We went to Edmonton over the summer of uh, 1986 and we uh, shot there and I think it was released the next year. And and it did moderately well, but it's only been in the last 10 years that it's got a semi-cult status yeah. so I get calls once a month from people about about the film and I love talking about it yeah, it's, I mean it's a great it's one of my favorite films from the 80s to be honest because I'm a big like you know uh, believer in kind of uh, second films <laughs> and a lot of people aren't that you know a lot of people like the originals um, but I, I really think this is a great take and it's kind of it reminds me of what they wanted to do with Carpenter's Halloween, like a different take on the same theme. Well, it's interesting because the script that I read was entitled The Haunting of Hamilton High, 
and had no way was connected to prom night at all. And it wasn't until it was finished, (coughs) excuse me, that the producers decided, probably wisely, to cash in on the prom night name and called it Hello Mary Lou Prom Night 2. And that was strictly to cash in on prom night, which they did very well with it. And, but it's not a sequel at all. In fact, some of the reviews complained because this isn't a sequel. I was like, no, anyway. So I braved through that and whatever. And I've never seen Prom Night or any of the Prom Nights. I I just did the one film because I thought it was a good script and did it the best I could and there you go. So you've had a long and successful career. Um, you worked on this with Michael Ironside. How, how did it feel to work with the great Michael Ironside as a actor? Oh, he was fabulous. He was, uh, with the budget we had, they needed a star. And in Canada, he's Canadian. They said, well, we get Michael Ironside. He'll be allowable and he'll be our star. And okay. And I thought, well, this, he's very good. But when I worked with him, I mean, a total professional came prepared, knew his stuff, knew the film craft. Uh, You didn't have to spend a lot of time explaining it to him. He just went in, got the character immediately. And I think he liked this character because for one of the few times, he wasn't playing a maniacal killer. He was like the principal in high school with a guilty past. And he liked that idea of something a little bit different. And he was terrific to work with. So last question. to the budding filmmaker, I know things are a lot different from 1987, um, but to the budding filmmaker, what would you uh, give them as some advice? Be persistent. Uh, you've got to keep knocking on doors. Those doors through the internet age and emails that are very difficult to get through, but go out and make a film that you think is good and try to get it shown as widely as possible and get it in front of the people that can affect your career. I mean, I got a piece of advice when I was about 13. I wrote a letter to Stanley Kramer, famous Hollywood producer, director. I said, how do you get your start? He wrote back and he said, just go and make your own movies. And now that's entirely possible. You can make professional level movies with your iPhone. And there's more opportunity to make those films now than there ever was in terms of getting them in front of the right people that's more difficult but you just have to be persistent well thank you very much mr pittman thank you nice to meet you good to meet you all right that was a pretty cool interview with bruce pittman i really enjoyed it i hope you did as well i hope you look up some stuff about that movie it's a really cool movie um and then we did a i watched the fake 50s trailer competition that they have every year there i think it'd be cooler if they actually opened it up to any decade genre for fake trailers but they stick with the 50s so it's kind of cool but it kind of gets a little redundant after a time you can only see so many like mad scientists and i don't know giant atomic insects and stuff like that so many times it gets old but anyway uh, then we watched Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. If you haven't seen this movie, you need to watch it because I think it's really cool. It's kind of like what um, 
seems like it's kind of like what they wanted to do with Halloween, have the first one with Michael Myers, and then the next one be Halloween 3, which would have been Halloween 2, and then just keep on going from there, just a Halloween-themed movie every year. Um, they didn't do that, and they stuck with Michael Myers after Halloween 1, and then went to Halloween 3, which confused a lot of people, and then um, went back to Michael Myers for all the successive films. But this one went from prom night to a totally different prom night, and then they liked that formula, and they stuck with that one for a while, so they had a Mary Lou in part 3. It was just, it's a cool movie, I like it. It's got some really creative kills. I like the storyline. Acting is so-so. Um, but I think it just, it's one of those time capsules from the 80s that you need to check out. I, I really like the movie. Um, a lot of weird stuff going on in it with with poltergeist ghosts and death and mayhem and a lot of nudity. There's actually full frontal nudity in this one which shocked some people, I think, at the theater. But not me. I haven't seen the movie before. And then one of my favorite 80s movies came on it. <clears throat> Next, at 10.30, it was Christine, uh, Stephen King. Love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies to watch on HBO when I was young. Every time it was on, I would like circle it on the little booklet they gave you with the HBO each month. Um, and then after that, it was Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which is a really uh, cool take on the Nightmare on Elm Street mythos and then Messiah of Evil I fell asleep on uh, but I do own it so it's kind of cool to watch a little bit of it and then I didn't watch Dracula versus Frankenstein because I was asleep and then we went home so that was that was the entire weekend I thought it was really neat to uh, see the drive-in massacre again this year if you guys don't know what that is once again, it's at the Skyline Drive-In in Shelbyville, Indiana, and I would probably check that out next year. And we have coming up, uh, Trent and I have coming up a full weekend of Halloween for you. It's on October 20th and 21st. If you haven't heard the ads beforehand, you're hearing them again now. It is the... Uh, uh, horror at the Ohio Theater, and it's like a full film festival. We're turning it eventually into a full Halloween festival. We have films from throughout the world, uh, feature length and short. And we also have on Friday night, we have Army of Darkness with uh, Bruce Campbell, the original Army of Darkness. And then on Saturday, we have two screens going. We have like a secondary screen showing some movies, and we have the big screen in the theater showing movies all day um, Adam's family is going to be there at one o'clock for the kids we're going to have face painting and uh, kids run around costumes and we're going to have candy and stuff like that for them so that should be fun and then at three o'clock on it's going to be for the adults and we're going to show more shorts and feature length movies uh, leading all the way up till we have a uh, tr trivia contest we're gonna have a trivia contest you can get in a group of no more than four and vie for some prestige and prizes and it should be a lot of fun uh, we have a host for that so that will be cool to do and then we also have um, 
what we call a I think it's called a zombie passport where you can go around to different businesses in Madison and you can get take your uh, card your passport and go around and get stamps at those different businesses if you buy something doesn't have to be anything large it could be something small but if you buy something you get a stamp and then you bring it back bring those stamps back to us and you will be in a drawing for a large prize uh, that's kind of just to get you out in the community of Madison and then we will end the night with a what everybody's looking forward to is a costumed prom called a nightmare on Main Street and we're gonna have a DJ and alcohol and everybody's gonna be dressed up it's gonna be really cool and hopefully a lot of people show up and dance the night away and I'm hoping you guys you listeners will be there because um, I really want to have a lot of fun this year dancing with everybody so everybody show up and make sure you show out so we can continue this in the future and make this eventually one of the biggest Halloween you know festivals around and that's our goal so thanks for listening to the horror you know podcast I'm Darren I'm Ian I'm Ian and I'm Trent yeah none of them were here this time but that's fine you know sometimes we just have to have small filler episodes so this is it Stay spooky, my friends. In the dead of night, when the moon is high, and the shadows dance, the evil will rise.